Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. All right, guys, going to be another fun episode. Uh, what you guys don't didn't get to hear is this is my second time trying to start this show because Bob got me giggling already, so I sound like a little schoolgirl over here. But um, this is going to be a fun show. So Bob and I talked a few weeks back, and we just had a really good conversation uh, and went all over the place. So I was looking forward to this one. But um, I'm Donnie Bovine. This is Donnie Success Champions. I almost screwed it up again. Bob Sager, welcome to the show, my friend. Please tell us your story. <laughs> right now don't you i see it in your eyes you want to give up right now but you can't give up on the fight right now look up the finish line is in sight right now your success and greatness is ready to take flight right now the fruits of your labor are just turning right right now that's why you planted all those seeds so you can take a bite right now the unbelievable it's now believable But I got to tell you, it's been exciting and fun having Point Blank Safety Services along for the ride. Over 200 episodes that have been with me now, uh, helping you bring just some of these amazing guests and stories to the show. I'm just honored to, to have them along for the ride. And I got to tell you, uh, I'm, I'm more honored at what they do for our police officers and their families. I mean, not only in Texas do they keep our freeways, construction sites, buildings, um, and, and a ton of other places safe and secure so everybody gets home safe. They also help provide active duty police officers with a secondary income so they can continue protecting and saving our lives. In the climate and times that we're in right now, we need our police officers more than ever. And I'm so glad that a company like Point Blank Safety is around to ensure our safety, the safety of our workers, our offices, you know, um, I'm just honored to to help share their message with all of you guys that listen to the show and all the other audiences that will be finding the show. So, so do me a favor. Reach out if you're in Texas and you need security officers, safety, active shooter, you know, training and learning, you know, anything that involves security or safety reach out to Point Blank Safety Services at pointblanksafety.com. Tell Stacy that Donnie sent you. She'll be glad to help you out. And now, let's talk to Bob. Hey, Donnie, listen, man, it's good to be here with you. Uh, you know, my story is probably, you probably don't have enough time on your podcast to, to hear the uh, long, boring parts. But, well, and trust um, me, nobody wants to hear all that anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> Now, listen, uh, you know, I, I think uh, you're going to find this to maybe to be kind of weird, and your guests might find this to be a little bit weird, but I had the, the advantage of growing up on the, on the border of poor. And uh, <laughs> people look at that and go, an advantage? And, I, and listen, I don't mean we went hungry or anything like that, but, man, there were no extras. And, uh, and so that inspired me 
I still remember being 10 years old and asking my parents for something and them telling me, we just don't have the money for that. And I don't even remember what it was, Donnie, but I remember deciding, well, you know what? I want it. So I'm going to figure out how to, how to make the money to buy it. And that was sort of, <laughs> that was sort of the start of my ambitious journey, I guess. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, out of, out of five kids, I think I was the only one, uh, with, a, an entrepreneurial gene. And I guess some people are just wired differently, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, my, uh, uh, sort of entrepreneurial journey started, um, I spent six months selling new Oldsmobiles. Uh, that was an interesting business. And frankly, I really didn't like car business a whole lot, um, mostly because um, it didn't really fit my core. And it, I think when something just doesn't fit kind of your core values, uh, personality, whatever, you're just not going to be as successful at it as you could otherwise be. Mm -hmm. um, nothing, and listen, this is a long, that's a long time ago. It was 1986 when I was in the car business. But uh, one of the things that I did like about it was I, in that business, I started earning four or five times the money that I was used to earning. And I said, man, I don't like the car business, but I could get used to making this kind of money. <laughs> and so <laughs> the car business led to my really kind of first chance I had to be in charge of myself, which is four years selling residential real estate. And then that uh, led to a 17-year career. And frankly, what I thought would be my career total, which was in financial services, loved that business. But I found that I would see both clients I work with and reps I hired and trained sabotage themselves in their financial success. And the more I saw it, the more it bothered me. And it, but it, it was kind of the impetus that led to me studying the psychology of, I call it the psychology of human action and inaction. You know, what in the world makes people do the things they do or not do the things that they don't do? And I learned a lot about what, uh, what really are the drivers for people. And it helped me a lot personally. And so I ended up uh, writing my first book. And after 17 years in that industry, I decided I was going to start my own company strictly to do personal achievement training and um, wrote the, the book that was sort of the, has a basics of, of what that was all about. It's called Discovering Your Greatness, um, subtitled A Higher Level Thinking and Action Guide. And <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, a couple of years into running a new company, we were doing okay, but okay wasn't what I had in mind. And uh, I thought, you know, uh, we need some better ideas here. And I really started studying about creative thinking and innovative thinking. And what I discovered was teaching people how to do that, help them get uh, a better image of themselves. and when you're thinking better about yourself, and especially if you can have some fun during that process, it's just a whole different world. And so most of the work that, that we do now with SpherePoint Solutions um, is really involved with innovative thinking, training on that. Um, I do do some consulting with companies to develop strategies, 
you know, using those principles that I teach. Because I find sometimes, you know, I'll talk to CEOs or managers and they go, you know, you're pretty good at this stuff. Why don't you just help us develop some strategies and, instead of training our people? So either way, it's good with me. And, and that's kind of a long and winding road to get where I am now. But I, you know what I found is almost nobody, no, almost no successful person that I've ever met had a straight pathway. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, what's your experience been with that? No, it's the same, brother. It's the same. You know, I'm really fascinated with this whole idea of these kid entrepreneurs, right? You know, because that, that, that wasn't me, right? That wasn't my story. That wasn't my journey. I, I didn't think about starting a business until I was 40. You know, I, I tell everybody I'm a late bloomer. You know, so I'm, I'm really, you know, this whole idea that, that you're born an entrepreneur really, really floors me kind of a bit because I don't fully wrap my head around how you got to that space. Do you think it's, I mean, I mean, I know you said it was because you were 10 years old, right? And that, mm-hmm. you know, there was something that you wanted to buy, you couldn't buy, you know, but how does that translate to years of creation? Years of, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, that, that's a good question. And, and I don't know that I was necessarily born uh, an entrepreneur exactly. But I think some people are kind of wired to be ambitious. And some people just are, are okay with just being okay. That and there's nothing wrong with either, you know, whatever fits you and, and your um, lifestyle and, and your goals. I think what, that's fine. Right. I make no judgments. I just know that, you know, for, for somebody like me to aspire to average, is just not in my DNA. I, and, I, love, uh, that. I love that phrase. I, here's why I, I, I'm catching a lot of, buzz because of something I say on stage, but I mean, and you pretty much just said it. And it's really just this quote, you either get okay being okay, or you get in the game. Otherwise shut the hell up because, because there's a lot of people that keep telling the world, I'm going to be great. I'm going to do this. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. But in truth, they're not taking the actions to do the things they need to do to level up, scale up and go for it. So I, I wish people would, you know, stop taking on the world, telling them how awesome they would be and truly just start enjoying the life that they have versus making themselves feel miserable because they're not doing the things they thought they should. Does that make sense? Well, it does. And, and two thoughts come to mind as you're saying that. I heard a long time ago, uh, a phrase that stuck with me. It says, uh, when all is said and done, there's usually more said than done. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and look, talk is cheap, brother. Yep. It, it, it's easy to do. It's way easier to do than taking action and getting your nose bloodied and right and tripping and falling. Um, that, it's much easier. So anybody can talk a good game, yep. right? But it's, but it's people who, it's the doers of the world. You know, I talk about a lot about uh, 
developing better ideas, and I think that's a key critical component, right? Because a bad idea, even perfectly executed, is still a bad idea. Yes. But but you so I think you ought to start with, with better ideas and better strategies. But having said that, the greatest strategies with the most perfect plan not executed don't add any value to anybody. So, you know, so you've got to have, you know, if I could make an analogy in physics, you know, you've got theoretical physicists and experimental physicists, and they're both necessary to moving that field forward. So, so, but the, the theoretic, the theories of the theoretical physicists are only proven by the experimental physicists, right? But the experimental physicists are maybe not the best theoretical physicists. So it's sort of like the the symbiosis between um, a songwriter and a gifted performer. Hey, this is a this is a bit of trivia here. You know, Elvis Presley had I think thirty eight number one songs or 38 top 10 songs, it was, a, it was a bunch, right? Okay. And and how many of those did he write or co-write? Man, I don't answer, have an answer to that, but, but since you're asking, I'm going to say zero. It is zero. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can become world famous as a performer, right? And And you don't have to be able to write songs. But the flip side of that is you can write great songs and other people perform them and you can be great that way too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at, at the, at creating winning strategies for people is, you know, I'm like the songwriter and they're like Elvis Presley, right? They got to go perform those strategies (laughs) in order for them to be great. Yeah, no, I I love that. Yeah, you know, I've, I there's and, and you, I'm sure you've heard the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell. Um, oh sure. Um, um, and I and I love this because one, I grew up, you know, watching the fantasy movies and reading the Lord of the Ring books and all that kind of stuff. So I, I can totally vibe with this whole theory and philosophy out there. But but two, um, what I love about it is this whole dynamic of the guide and the hero. And I think what you're saying is, in a sense, when you're working with these companies, you're the guide, but they're the hero. And the hero is still got to go slay the damn dragon, right? They still got to go execute, no matter whatever plan you build out or anything you you put together for them. They still got to put the work in and do the things to make it a successful endeavor. It's like in sales... You know, you can, you know, talk about cold calling all day long, but until you pick up the damn phone and actually dial the number, you know, you know, you've got nothing. Is that pretty much? No, that, you know, it's kind of like, in, in, you know, in the Lord of the Rings, um, these guys get these special weapons, right? Aragorn got the uh, special sword of uh, Frodo. Uh, via Bilbo had the the special weapon his size, 
but they still had to wield those weapons. Yeah. Right. So there's no doubt. And I think you're spot on on what you're saying. And, uh, you know, it's like I've got a, um, uh, a new book that's going to be out. It'll by the time this airs, it should be out on Amazon, and, and it's um and it features 101 great sort of mini business strategies, and it, and it's and there are 10 innovative thinking methods in there that people can use to come up with their own. But they still got to apply those things, right? No matter how brilliant they are. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I'm sure you've experienced this. You know, you're standing in front of a room, you're talking to a crowd, and after the you, you're done talking to them, whether it's a speech or a training, whatever, someone walks up to you and says, "That is one of the greatest things I've ever heard." And I take it two ways. One, my ego gets stroked, and I'm like, "Yes, awesome, I did my job." And then the second thing that goes through my head is, "Well, was it great enough?" And I'll usually ask that person, you know, are you going to go back and implement what we talked about today? And it's weird, the responses. And I'm curious, you know, one, have you experienced it? And two, have you watched the almost shocked reaction sometimes when you've asked that question? Oh, oh yeah. Listen, I think anybody that's done any um, any keynote speaking or any uh, training and, you know, in front of large groups has experienced that. Uh, it, it, look, I think if you're a decent speaker, you can get people motivated. Yes. But the, the, but the challenge with motivation is, is it's temporary, mm. right? I mean, it's easy to get, you know, people's adrenaline pumped up and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think you ought to be, live your life in an excited, enthusiastic fashion. But what I prefer to do, uh, and this is where I think, you know, the training on the, the skill set of innovative thinking, especially the way we do it, where it's, you know, it's practical hands-on, it's not standing up in front of a room with PowerPoints, or just about, you know, me being a keynote speaker, it is, you know, inspire people with, with a mindset of, hey, you know what? I can do this because they've actually experienced it right there. And they've, you know, when we do our training with uh, the game I invented, uh, which is kind of a basic innovative thinking game, but it puts it into a competitive format and it's fun and people laugh. When we're doing that in a training, I hear two things over and over. One, people laugh their heads off. And and second is, you know, people go, man, as people coming up with ideas and strategies, it's like, wow, that's really good. But I'll tell you afterward, Donnie, I have people come up to me, and some people they'll tell me overtly, and some people you just kind of see by their the change in their physiology that, you know, they surprise themselves. At, at how they were able to think in a way and come up with ideas uh, that they didn't expect. And, um, and I can totally relate to that, but they, <laughs> you can tell, right. That it's just like, you know, uh, I'm a little sharper than I thought I was. Right. Uh, I'm a little better than maybe I've been giving myself credit for. And, and when you get that, 
then you know that you've inspired, you've sort of, you've sort of inspired something that they had inside them all along, but they just weren't aware of it. Yeah. I love it. And, what I was going to say yeah, is, go ahead. Is, is most people have never bet on themselves, right? So when you can put them in an environment where they are forced to do something they haven't done. And I'm not talking about walking across a rope bridge or, you know, some tire swing thing or something, you know, but taking an action that will mentally allow them to grow and get them out of their comfort zone. You are in a sense, forcibly helping them to evolve and you can see it. And it's awesome. I mean, I, I, uh, it's a really cool change in people. So how does your game get them to do that? Well, the game is structured in a way that uh, it, I say it has three elements. One, it, it's got some structure in that there's a gameplay format. Two, it feels like fun rather than work. And three, it embraces competitiveness. Right, and everybody—I don't care—the the most non-competitive person you know, when they feel like they've got a chance to win, they get competitive. Yes, and so what the game does is it, it, it's a little difficult in just an audio-only environment. But you've got two teams. One is the entrepreneur, the inventor. We sort of use those terms interchangeably. Okay. Second team is the competitor. And then the third team who's not competing in that round is the customer. And so each team, A and B, gets a set of 10 words and they use this innovative thinking process to match any of those two words together and come up with an idea for a product, a service, or a business. And they get three minutes to do that. You don't think three minutes is that long. But people surprise themselves. There's there's great power I've found. There's great power in have to. Yes. Right. You when you have to get something done, you, you will. And when you don't, you usually won't. Yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah. So so then each team, you know, gets a separate set of words. They're coming up with an idea in three minutes, and at the end of three minutes, they each take one minute and present to the customer team what their product, service, or business is, how it works, and what the benefit to the customer is. And then the customer decides, hey, do I like this team's idea better? Or do I like this team's idea better? <laughs> I love and that. And then there's a, oh, there's a scoring system and play moves around the board where everybody's playing each role uh, you know, at any given time. And listen, I, I had a client come up to me after a training session once, and he said, you know what the greatest part of this game is? And I said, what's that name with David? I said, what's that, David? He said, when you win, you win. And when you lose, you still win, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, no, it's, a, it's a blast. I, I love that. You know, and, and here's something else that that I think your game is is getting people to do. It's forcing them to make decisions. And and you know, a lot of life people get stalled with the inability to make a decision. So when you put them in a group atmosphere and you say you got three meds to come up with a service, you know, a product or anything else, that's awesome because I mean that's a fast decision. And a lot of people struggle with making decisions at that speed and living and dying with the consequences. Um, that's brilliant, bud. I, I commend you for, for coming up with something innovative like that in a training format that, you know, one brings people together, makes them think outside of the cliche word, the box, but um, also forces them to make those fast decisions because, you know, studies have shown, you know, the, the faster you make decisions, the better you could do in life and business because you don't get stuck. Um, good idea. Where did this whole game evolve from? It was it was it? <laughs> Yeah, that's no, that's a good question. Um, for most of my adult life, I really didn't picture myself as a creative individual. Um, but as I alluded to before, it's great power and have to. Hmm. And, and in aspiring to take our company to a better level, I said, you know what? I don't really think I'm great at coming up with good ideas. But there are probably some books written on creativity, right? And um, I I got a book um, which I highly recommend. You know, other than mine that's coming out, <laughs> I probably recommend this one the most. Um, it's called Thinker Toys. Thinker uh, Toys. Thinker Toys, like the child's toy Tinker Toys, only oh, with an age. Okay. Right? Thinker Toys, and there are probably there are probably twelve dozen different uh, creative thinking techniques in there. And I'll tell you, if you are not used to thinking creatively and you don't really view yourself as being a creative person, some of those look a little bit complex at first. But I discovered one in there called combinatory play, which sounds complicated, but it's not, um, that I learned later was both Einstein and da Vinci's favorite creative thinking method. And look, all it is, is combining two things together and seeing what third, fourth possibilities occur. Do you mind if I give you an example? Please do. Please do. I'm fascinated. If I, let me, I first have to let you know that people don't think in words, they think in pictures. True. Absolutely. Right? So if I say the word dog, you're not thinking about the characters for the letter D, O, and G. You're thinking about a dog that you know right. or have known, right? Probably a dog that you own or have. If I say the word kitchen, you're thinking the, the image of a kitchen pops into your mind, right? Yep. But if you start combining words together, especially nouns, if I combine dog and kitchen together, or kitchen and dog together, then new possibilities start emanating from my imaginative ability. You know, here's what's crazy about that is kitchen dog, I didn't have a whole lot of thought process around, but when you said dog kitchen, the first thing that popped in my head was, could there be a company, and I know there's are, that that could make dog biscuits or, you know, you know, dog food things. I mean, I know there's a ton out there, but 
I would never start one of those type of companies, but that's where my mind went. It's a really cool thought process. And, and if you have, the, and imagine you had a set of those nouns, right? Not just a couple to work from, but if you had a set of those and you had a direction to work with those, that's the whole point of come up with an idea for a new product, service, or business, or an improvement on something that already exists, right? And uh, some of the stuff that emanates from from just that little simple method and playing that game is, it's frankly astounding. I can imagine. Have you had anybody come out of the game, leave their company because they started a business? <laughs> Listen, I, I've had uh, I've had a number of people tell me stories about the things that they're working on, but look, it, it goes back to the challenge that you were talking about before. You know, just coming up with an idea, even if it's a multi-million-dollar idea, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't do anybody any good, even you, right? If you don't act on it, like well, I have people tell me all the time when they when they find out. I uh, have written a book, our company published another one that I curated the content for, and I have another one coming out. And then though, I, I, I can't tell you, it's hundreds probably of people have told me, oh yeah, I, I'm thinking about writing a book too. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and how long are you going to think about it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, so and, and, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's the inaction in people, man. It's uh, uh, we're all guilty in some regards. I mean, uh, with our businesses and and things we need to be doing, you know. And then hell, you know, for me, going from an employee to a business owner was such a damn leap because um, I didn't realize how badly ingrained I was, you know, ingrained with this employee mindset before I started running my company, and I still fight it, you know. Of not creating a job versus you know a business for myself, and you know it's it's that when you, when you get mired down with all the stuff, it's remembering to put one foot forward and start knocking things down, so you can keep moving forward. Because it, what as soon as all those spinning plates, like you're the clown with all the plates spinning up in the air, mm-hmm. you can sit there and be mesmerized at how pretty all those plates look. But until you start knocking those plates off the freaking sticks, uh, you're not going to be able to move anywhere. And go anywhere, you're going to stay mesmerized. And action takes care of all that. And the biggest thing people always say, well, what action do I take? I'm like the first one in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, amen to that. It's hard to steer a car that's in park. Yes, well said. (laughs) Right? So, look, start taking some action. You know, in my first book, there's a, um, after, after you set your goals, then what should you do? We start taking action in what you think is the best direction, right? Because I found that as you begin to take action, you, you get little signals and clues on which way to go. It's like, um, it's like your goals, the destination you've determined to get to, they act like a GPS. But if you get off track, you're going to figure that out as you go, right? But that phrase, as you go, 
is the critical one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is going to be fun. So I love it when people bring up goal setting. And here's why. You ready for this? I'm ready. Goal setting doesn't work. <laughs> goal setting <laughs> is actually a demotivator. And here's what I mean. And I, and I love having this conversation. Is when somebody sets a goal, they are nine times out of ten setting a goal they already believe they can't achieve. Then they're going to fake it till they make it, in a sense, lie to themselves that they're going to get there. When you set yourself up immediately for failure, not planned failure, but to fail, you lose. So I quit setting goals a while back and I flipped it and I set milestones. And here's what I mean. I believe you should have a general vision of where you want to go. Okay. General vision uh -huh. of what you want to do. But I'll always take it back to sales. Let's say you sold $10,000 a month <laughs> and you come back to your sales manager and that last year you sold, you know, $120,000. You look at your sales manager and say, this year I'm going to sell a million dollars. And that manager's going to ask you, cool, how are you going to do that? And the answer is always, I'm going to work harder. Right. You know, which never works. <laughs> right. You know, so what I would tell if I was that sales manager, tell that young salesperson is let's do this. Instead of setting that million dollar quota, let's see if you can do 11,000. Let's get you to 11,000, get there. And then we'll see what to do 11,000 two months. Can we then get to 12,000 and then 13? And you start teaching incremental growth and start getting people to learn and evolve how to level up and then start moving forward. And, and I'm curious now hearing my philosophy, of course, it's my show. So I have to be right. <laughs> it's your opinion, make it mine, right? right exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, because I mean, for years, we were brought up in this world of set goals, set goals, and you get this exigular area, and it's a big, hairy, audacious goals and all this stuff, but people don't do the work, right? It goes back to our whole thought talk around action. They're not doing the work. So that's why I, I flipped everything over to milestones because people can wrap their head around, how do I just get to my next, you know, my next small level so I can grow? Well, this is my philosophy on goals. Goals should be two things. Now, I'm not saying that you should not have a one-year, five-year, ten-year vision. You should. But five years is a long time, right? Especially in this day and age. Hey, listen, there's over 1,800 days in five years. So there's no sense of urgency. So I think you should set, uh, you should have a vision for one year. You should have a vision for five years, maybe even for 10 years. But your goals ought not to be any more than 90 days at a time. Um, but the, the second thing, and here's why, because there's no sense of urgency. If you miss one day out of 1,800, that's not that big of a deal. 
But if you screw up one day out of 90, that's much more of a big deal. Right. Right. So there's a, so there's a, there's a, an urgency of action in, in that. But here's the other thing. And you, you alluded to kind of a 10x goal, which I know is kind of a catchphrase in today's <laughs> world. But the problem with a 10x goal is it's not believable to you. Right. Right. And I, I, I tell people, look, set stretchingly realistic goals. And when I say stretchingly realistic, I, I use those two terms together for a reason. You know, if the most you've ever made in a year, and this is funny, I just, uh, I lead a couple of different mastermind groups, and we were just talking about this very concept in, in a mastermind group session an hour ago. Mm. And I said, you know, if the most you've ever earned in a year, or let's, let's break it down to a quarter, most you've ever earned in a quarter is 50 grand, and you set a goal to make 250. The first thought you're going to have when you look at that is go, there's no way. Yeah. Right. I don't see how I can get there. It's too high of a plateau. But the example that I was using in, in that group, I said, you know, $100,000 in a year used to seem like all the money in the world to me. Right. Until I got there. <laughs> and, and that became a new question. But listen, once you hit that, then you can start looking at 150, right? And once you hit 150, you know, it doesn't seem like that far of a stretch to 250. And you get to 250 and 500 doesn't seem too far of a stretch. Now, I have a friend of mine, 2018, I think he made about two and a half million. And I remember years ago, we were together in the financial services industry. And I remember he had... uh he had just hit his first $100,000 month in income, and he was going to hit a, over a million that year um, total. And he said, Bill, he said, his name is Bill. He said, Bob, earning a million, it, I don't work any harder than when I was struggling to make 60 grand, right? But it, it, the, the thought process, the focus, the execution, was way different. Right. Right. So, so that I, 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 it's been my experience, you know, everybody has their own philosophy and I figure whatever you're doing that works for you, that's what you ought to keep doing. So I think we're saying a lot of the same things because you were talking about, okay, you know, if you did 50 a quarter, you know, getting the two fifties a leap, but if you're going from 50 to 60, all right, cool. Next, that's quarter, believable, right? Next quarter, can I get to seventy? And you know, because you have to evolve as an individual, because the person you are right now is not the person you need to become to get to where you want to go. You have got to level up, or get okay being okay, because. Yeah. Because yeah, there, there's so many people that are out there, you know, uh, telling the world how awesome they're going to be and not executing. And all they're doing is making themselves miserable. Enjoy the life you have and understand that your income level, if you live inside your means, 
you'd have a very happy life. But most people don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. Look, most people would rather grow their income to meet their dreams instead of shrinking their dreams to meet their current income. True. Well said. Right. So, but look, so many people are trying to go so far. They're trying to make quantum leaps. And I'm not saying that you can't do that because I've done that a couple of times, right? But it's not the quantum leaps that matter as much as the consistent growth. Consistent, it can be consistent small growth, right? What if you're, what if each month or maybe even each week you try to get 1% better? Just 1%, right? I mean, 1% that it sounds like nothing. And yet over time, if you got 1% better, even a month, right? 1% better a month, you know, over the course of a year or two or three, that's massive growth. Very much true. And, you know, um, but people want to believe in the overnight success, which is there's no such thing. They, they, they want to believe that there's an easy button. They want to believe that there's, you know, some magic pill or something. They don't want to do the work, you know, and, and they don't understand that you've got to go through it to become it. Right? <laughs> oh, that's a great phrase. I'm You're feeling welcome. that one. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to get a t-shirt made with it to have it. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, but that's it. I mean, is, is people want the soft and easy and sweet and fluffy route when they don't realize that if you go in to fail on purpose, you can actually level up faster. Well, that's where you learn the most, right? Right. I mean, when you screw it, I tell people, Donnie, the reason I know how to do a lot of things right it's because I've done it wrong almost every possible way, <laughs> right? Right. I've screwed up so much, right? And you alluded to this before. Your most overnight successes take at least a decade. Yes. <laughs> you know, but people don't people don't see that, right? Or maybe they're willfully blind. It's like, well, no, I I don't see uh, that. You know, this person. Um, you'll put in all this extra effort. They, they, they did things. I like to tell people, look, you got to do stuff to be consistent about, uh, about progress, even when you don't feel like it. Yes. Right. Even when you feel like sitting your butt on the couch and watching that episode of Laverne and Shirley that you've seen three times. Right. Well, you just aged the hell out of yourself. Just so you know. <laughs> Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, how about uh, that 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 rerun of uh, Grey's Anatomy? There you go. Bang <laughs> Something a little. They're big bang theory. Yeah. I uh, frankly, I'll, I'm going to make half your audience mad. Probably, I don't get the appeal of that show. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, love but, <laughs> but you know what? That's why they make different colors of car. Exactly. Because everybody doesn't like the same stuff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah 
I never know where this show is going to go sometimes, but it's always fun. It's always fun. You know, but, so you've been really doing some cool things on your ride. Um, some really cool things on your journey. You, I mean, and you've done some cool stuff. Um, um, where's all this taking you? You know, you got new books coming out. You've had a couple of books. You're doing some speaking. You know, what's what's big on the horizon for you? The, the next big thing is happening in 2019. Hopefully in the first half of 2019. I'm not 100% in control of this, so um, I can just tell you this is my intent, is we are launching, um, up to this point, all the training that we've done has been face-to-face. Mm. But we are launching an online training portfolio, or a portal, I should say, that is going to train people up on how to think innovatively. But listen, the, the most exciting part of that is is we're creating a um, an interface where that small business person out there who might have 25 or 50 or 100 people that are working for their company, they'd love to be able to be like Procter & Gamble or uh, International uh, Harvester, GM, some of these big companies that have thousands and thousands of employees and, and they can sort of crowdsource innovation internally. Well, if you got a company that has 100 people, you can crowdsource internally, but it's not a very big crowd. Right. So what if, what if there was a way for that small entrepreneur to access the knowledge, experience, and imagination of this vast army of people that have been trained how to think innovatively? And they don't have to add anybody to their payroll, right? They don't have to, nobody's taking up any more room in their building. They're paying no more benefits and they only pay for the solutions that fit them. Well, that's interesting. That would be kind of a big deal, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a, that level the playing field for them. It would make them able to compete and have all that talent access to it just like big companies do and on the flip side of that donnie is these people that have been uh trained to think innovatively they bring their own set of knowledge and experience to the table and they can look at that and they can exercise that entrepreneurial gene without having to go start their own company because it gives them a potential extra source of income so a win for everybody yeah yeah no i liked it a lot um was this was this concept born out of y'all's need or you just saw a gap in the marketplace no i just see that that look yeah there's a you know you got now this advent of so much automation especially with uh, ai that a lot of jobs that are being done by people now are going to be done by people in the future. They're going to be done, and, and I don't mean the I don't mean mean the long away future. I mean the near term future, right? The next one, three, five years, ten years at the most. And so those people are going to need different skill sets. Now I think, as I was telling Tim on his podcast uh, uh, recently, it's temporarily terrible for those people when they lose their job. 
Right. But it's only temporary, right? Because once they acquire the new skill sets needed to do the 21st century work, they're probably going to end up doing work that's more fun. Uh, it's probably more fulfilling. And frankly, because it brings more value to the marketplace, it probably pays more. And so they've got to learn these new skill sets. And chief among those, I believe, is how to think innovatively and apply that to practical solutions in business and life. And the, the, the sad part is, is our traditional education system isn't doing that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you can complain about that, but as opposed to complaining about things, I like to do something about them. And I see this big gap that's unfilled that companies like ours, I'm sure we're not going to be the only one, are going to fill in the gaps there to get people trained in the skill sets that they need, to, you know, to thrive in the 21st century instead of just barely survive. Absolutely. That's, well done, but that's a that's a really 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 cool concept. I think you're going to help, you know, a lot of people on their journey level up. Good on you. Good on you. Thank you. We we have the goal to help millions. Yeah, I love. I, it. I know I should. I know I shouldn't set a goal, Donnie. But yeah. <laughs> they, you can be taught. This whole time I wasn't sure, but dang, it's proved. You can be <laughs> that's my vision, anyway. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, and you know, here's, here's the thing. There are certain individuals in this world that can set a goal, like a guy like Gary Vee. Gary Vee's biggest thing, he tells everybody he's going to buy the New York Jets. Right. 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 Guy like Gary Vee may very well get there because that drives him, that motivates him, that charges him up. But it's such a few minority of people that are that driven you know, innately to get there. So I like your big vision. Now bust your ass to get there. <laughs> well, listen, you're right. And, and and do you mind if I throw out uh, sort of another thought in terms of goals? What I have found is that people don't set goals based on what they really want. They, they don't set their true goals. If they set goals at all, they're setting them based on what they think they ought to want mm. or what somebody else wants them to want. You know, my salesman, my sales manager said, this is my quota. So that's my goal. Right. Well, what does that mean? There's no, if you're not setting goals that are your true goals, then there's no emotional power to them. So there's no driver for action. So you're setting yourself up for failure. If that's the kind of goals you're setting. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Um, well said. Well said. Well, brother, can you believe it's been almost an hour already? Time flies when you're having fun, brother. Well, you know, I mean, when you're around me, you have no choice but to have fun. So, so, <laughs> you know. Well, no, this has been a blast. And by the way, time flies whether you're having fun or not. So you might as well have some fun. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, my friend, how do people find you? How do they get in touch with you? How do they reach out? How do they make fun of you? You know, my, look, LinkedIn is like my home on the internet. I, I just, I love that platform. If it's done right, I think it's extremely productive. And uh, and you can meet people from all around the globe. 
Um, and uh, so LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. You know, just LinkedIn.com slash IN slash Bob Sager, B-O-B-S-A-G-E-R. Love it. Love it. Well, this is how I like to wrap up every show. And I do stump some people on this. So, so stand by. If you were going to leave the champions who listen to the show, entrepreneurs, business owners, people from 78 countries around the world that tune in and listen to this, if you were going to leave them with a quote, a saying, a phrase, a mantra, a motto, something they can take with them on their journey, especially if they're stacked up against it and going through it, what would be that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. Remember this. This is from Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe said, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Love it. Love it. That's sage, sage advice. My friend, it, it, it's been so fun having you on here. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for, you know, coming in, sharing your story and having some fun conversations and some laughs. So, so thanks for doing this, bud. Hey, Donnie, it's been fun being on with you. Thanks for having me. And the ground is no place for a champion. Dude, what an episode, man. I, you know, I, I tell you, I'm always stoked to sit down with somebody who's you know, just been through a lot of things and has a mission and a message to share with anybody. So, so if this you know, episode brought you any value whatsoever, would you do me a favor and share it with a friend and just let them know that this was something that you got some good value out, leave me a review anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You know, that just helps other people find this show. And look, if you're looking to rise up with a bunch of other badasses that are just going for it, come hang out in our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, type in the word success champions, click on groups, and I guarantee we pop up. Um, these are a bunch of business owners just like you that are rising together, learning together, networking together, and just going for it. Success Champions on Facebook. I thank you. I appreciate you. I love you. And thank you for your support. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.